Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear from our senior leader, Amy Kendrew. We trust you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you for this series. We thank you for what we have already uh, has been imparted into our heart, that you are building us together as living stones, as your people, as your church, as people who would be knitted together in community and fellowship, as people who would find purpose and mission, not just together gathered on a Sunday, but scattered Monday to Saturday, and that we would be people found in a secret place, devoted to you in a moment of personal encounter day after day. And Lord, today that you would knit us together in the understanding of the power of worship, of congregational corporate worshipping together. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So good. Well, if you've got your Bibles this morning, you can turn with me to Psalm uh, chapter 95 and verses 1 to 2 and 6 to 7. And it says this, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to Him. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are His people. He watches over the flock under His care. And then Psalm 84, it says this, How lovely is your tabernacle, or the house of God, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Amen. I love worship. I love worship, and you may or may not know this about me, but for many years in the early days of Arise, I was a worship leader. In fact, I've got a picture that's gonna come up, just to bless you. Uh, Before there was Noah or Lily or even Joel Chisholm or Callum Murray, there was Ben and Amy Kendrew, yes. This is before they had digital, so this is printed out. Thank you, Emma Wiley, for this beautiful picture, but that's me. Um, and uh, they used to call me the darling chick of Arise Church. Shout to the Lord. Um, and uh, that was really a great compliment for me because darling chick was my all-time hero. In fact, one time I got to meet her and uh, she touched me on the arm. In fact, I think that is the arm that I am lifting, is the darling arm of worship. People would fall in the spirit when I lifted the darling arm. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But that's Ben on the other side, if you didn't know. That's Ben. Um, he's also lifting his arm. We seem to be in unison. Um, and uh, Ben would lead people in praise and he would jump around and be joyous. And then I would lead people into the throne room of worship. And uh, for some of you who have been around for a while, you may remember those days uh, of worship. But I love to worship. I love 
to worship God. Uh, it is in my heart. It is in my core. It is what I believe I carry as a heart of worship. And as a child, you know, I was a little bit of a daydreamer and I'd wander on my walk to the bus stop and I'd just sing and I'd make music to God in my heart. I'd write songs and just tell God how much I loved Him, singing in my heart. And I believe, you know, many times in my Christian journey, these were formative moments for me of, of congregational together worship and camps and conferences and church services down on the altar, moments of worship where God touched and changed and transformed my life. And you know, uh, there's a lot of pressures right now for, for myself personally, uh, you know, leading this church at the moment. And I believe that the most important thing that I can do is just have a heart of worship a heart that says, I just love you, Jesus, so much. That is the greatest thing that we can offer our God, the greatest thing we can offer our family, our marriages, our church, the world around us is our worship and adoration of our God. Worship is our earthly calling. Worship is our earthly calling. That is why we were created. We were created to worship God. The greatest calling, the highest calling of us is to be worshippers of Jesus. Our primary purpose as followers and disciples of Jesus is to worship Him. A.W. Tozer said it like this, we are saved to worship God. All that Christ has done in the past and all that He is doing now leads to this one end. To worship God is our earthly calling. It is why we were created. And worship is not just our earthly calling, but it is our eternal calling. Worship is what we will do in heaven. Day after day, night after night, we will worship and sing praises to our great God. Revelation 4. She's preaching from Revelation this morning. The, the title of the chapter simply says, Worship in Heaven. And it says that the angels, day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the One who always was, who is, and who is still to come. And whenever the living beings give glory and honour and thanks to the One sitting on the throne, the One who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Worship is our eternal calling. A.W. Tozer again, he said, If worship bores you, then you are not ready for heaven. We are going to be doing that for eternity, singing holy, 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 worthy is our God to receive all glory and all honour and all praise. He is holy. Worship is our earthly calling. Worship is our eternal calling. And worship is giving worth to God. It is taking our eyes off of ourselves. As we come into this place, into the tabernacle, into the courts of the Lord, into the temple, into His holy place, 
We are not fixing our eyes on ourselves, but we are fixing our eyes on Jesus. And Jesus' example to us was a life of worship. That is why He came. He came not to be served, but to serve. That He humbled Himself to death on a cross. That He gave His life as a ransom for our lives. That He would say to His heavenly Father, not my will, but your will be done. That is worship. That is our calling, to follow the example of Jesus. In surrender, in consecration, in the denying of ourself to worship and give worth and glory to God. You know, we are drawn to worship a lot of things. Maybe worship my bank account, maybe worship my relationships, maybe worship my career. But the true worship that Jesus talks about is that we would give worth and glory and honour to God with our lives. That we would take up our cross daily and all that it symbolises, obedience, humility, surrender. Worship in its very definition is giving away the glory and the honour to someone or something else. It's not mine. It is yours, God. So when we worship, we give away any glory and honour and worth we think we deserve and we give it all to God. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And this morning, I don't know what you've walked in, carrying and thinking about the worries and cares of your day-to-day life. But as we enter the holy place, we fix our eyes on Jesus. There is that old hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. That is worship this morning. It is not something that can be done half-heartedly. You know, as Keller was saying this morning, a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of worship. It cannot be half-hearted, but with our whole being. As the psalmist said, my whole being longs for you, God. My, My soul even faints for the courts of the Lord. We yearn. It costs us something. It goes against every fibre of our being sometimes. But that is what God is calling us to, to turn our eyes to Jesus and off of ourselves. And worship is where we bring everything to the feet of Jesus. It's where we lay down our own agenda, our wants, our desires, our needs, our hurts, our experiences, and we surrender and we lay it at His feet. We give it all to Jesus. And it is where we bring everything in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name. The name that is holy. The name that is worthy of all glory and all honour. We bring everything to His feet and we bring everything in His name. It's where we lay down our needs. Where we unite our faith and believe for a miracle. It's where we surrender our will to His will. Worship is our earthly calling. Worship is our eternal calling. Worship is giving worth to God. Worship is where we bring everything in the feet of Jesus and it's where we bring everything in the name of Jesus. But I hear you say, yes, Amy, I understand all of that. I know it's important to worship God and I'm called to worship, but I don't need anyone else. I've got my own walk. I can worship anywhere, anytime. 
And that is true. However, that is not wholly what God designed worship to be. You're only getting half the experience if you worship wholly alone. We are called to worship together. I love to worship in private. I've had many moments of encounter with God in the secret place. But there is something about coming together and worshiping corporately that I just love. People from all walks of life, broken vessels, all of us with our flaws and our hurts and our needs and our distractions. And we are coming united for just this moment under the banner of heaven. Sing, we need a miracle and you are the miracle maker to say your kingdom come, your will be done. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. This is a house of miracles. This is none other than the house of God. God's intention was that we would have private worship and public worship. Jesus Himself withdrew to quiet places to pray, but it was also His custom to be found in the temple for worship and teaching. Not either or, but both. You know, Shannon talked about the private place, about the importance of establishing friendship with God, just you and Jesus. This is crucial to our Christian faith that we dig, that we find the secret place, that we cultivate our own private devotion to God. But the Bible also shows us over and over again the importance of gathering together in the temple, in the holy place, in the courts of the Lord to worship Him. You know, in the Old Testament, God gave careful instruction to Moses on how to establish the temple, how to build the tent of meeting. And He said this to Moses, that there would be moments in your life, in your day-to-day life, where you would stop your work and you would worship, where you would come and you would present your gifts to the Lord, where you would bring your offering where you would celebrate with great joy the blast of the trumpet and with eating. Amen. And He said this to Moses, pass this on from generation to generation. So important. David, King David, the writer of the Psalms, a man after God's own heart, one of the greatest worshippers in this world, said in Psalms 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us, not let me, let us, all of us corporately together, let us celebrate, let us sing songs of joy, let us come and kneel down and worship our God. In fact, he had a whole bunch of songs that are called Psalms of Ascent that are songs to sing on the way to church. Now, I don't know about you, what it took for you to come to church this morning, but you know, it feels like sometimes Sunday morning is the hardest morning to get the kids out the door. You know, for me, every so often I have to take the iPad away from the children so I can preach a message. So she can't watch Bluey this morning because I have the iPad. But it says there are songs to sing on the way to church. Songs that will inspire and prepare your heart to get ready to meet with God. And it says this, one of the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 135. Praise the Lord, 
Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, you who serve the Lord, you who serve in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our Lord. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Celebrate His lovely name with music. And then the final psalm, final psalm is this, Psalm 150. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals, with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, if you've got breath in your lungs this morning, give praise to our our great God. He deserves all the praise. But it wasn't just an Old Testament thing. This continued with the establishment of the early church. In Acts 2, it said they worshipped together at the temple each day. In Hebrews 10.25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. I wanna encourage you, find yourself in the room, gathered together in corporate worship. If this morning, if you're watching online and maybe you are physically able to be in the room, I wanna encourage you, be in the room, be found in the room, praising and lifting up the name of Jesus. Our private worship and public worship feed off of one another. They are both important. Both are needed. Both are spiritual disciplines we need to cultivate. Our private devotion and our public worship. Martin Luther said it like this, At home, in my own house, there is no warmth or vigour in me. But in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. If the band would join me this morning. Worshipping together causes our spirits to come alive. It is where a fire is lit in our hearts. Maybe we are like little embers walking through our week. But as we gather together in the house of God, we become a raging inferno that is lit in the house of God, coming together, united, coming from all of our walks of life and meeting together to worship and lift up the name of God. When we do what we were created to do, worship our God alongside one another, shoulder to shoulder with the saints, we join with heaven. We join with the hosts of heaven and we fulfill our purpose. We glorify God. We take our eyes off of ourselves, all of us united together, broken vessels having scattered throughout the week, spreading and living the gospel, then gathered together with one heart, one spirit and one purpose to worship God. The fire becomes alive in our spirit. Heaven comes down, our faith rises, our hunger for His presence increases. I believe this is something powerful that is rising within our church, a sound of worship, a house of worship, that our faith is beginning to cost us something. And so we are shaking off the apathy 
that creeps on in. And we can no longer be half-hearted, but we come with a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of worship. We are coming to a greater understanding of what sacrifice means. We are coming alive in our faith. A sound of worship is rising. We are bringing heaven to earth. And as with the early church, I believe that because of the signs and wonders, the adding to our number, miracles will follow. When as a company of people, we take all the glory and all the honour off ourselves and we give it all to God. When we hunger and thirst for the presence of God in the secret place, when we keep that fire burning throughout the week and then see that fire ignite on a Sunday, something powerful will happen and is already happening. You know, just recently, a man who's been in church for 15 years, and he's been a little bit sporadic in attendance, but just last week, he came to the altar in worship. And he messaged afterwards saying things like the presence of God, the environment, I just, I have no words. Thank you, I needed Sunday. Or there was someone who messaged who said that they haven't been in church for over a year due to sickness, to COVID. They've been watching online and they came to church a few weeks ago, experienced the presence of God in worship and said, I spent the service in tears. It's a good thing. The presence of God blew me away. God was in the room. There are young professionals who have been drifting, doubting God was real. And they came, came to the altar a few weeks ago, having an encounter with God at the front of church, having all their doubts removed. I've been watching as students have been coming along in the last few weeks. And there may be only one or two weeks in this church and they're down the front on their knees, surrendering their lives to Jesus. There's been people who have been staying a few weeks ago here in this place for over an hour after the service is finished, just in worship and in prayer. People being commissioned, relationships being restored, people experiencing healing as they come to the house of miracles. A place of miracles. You know, just not that long ago, in our Christchurch congregation, there was a man who was in ICU and he was in a critical condition. And things were not looking good. The wife had been told to say her goodbyes and prepare the family and at the very least that he would have serious brain damage. So our prayer warriors began to pray, went up to the hospital room, did all of that. And at the end of worship one morning, as a congregation, we decided to join our faith together and storm heaven. And we prayed and we ignited that flame and we believed for a miracle. And later on that afternoon, we received this message. Best day yet. His breathing tube came out in the morning. He spoke to the nurses, his first audible sentence. He was squeezing both hands with full strength, moving both legs. We are overwhelmed with happiness. She goes on to say, words cannot express how delighted I am. What a complete turnaround in 24 hours. God is absolutely amazing. Incredible miracle. Incredible miracle. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I believe this is not just a one-off story. These moments where people are encountering God in the house of miracles, in the house of worship, that we are gonna continue to see that. 
that as we gather together, as we unite our faith, as we lift up the name of Jesus, that our spirits would come alive. I believe this is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. This is a house of miracles where a sound is arising, where God is moving. And our teenagers, Ed and Vic, God is moving. God is moving over our young adults, Nikki. God is moving. God is moving in this place. Over our families, God is moving. Over our adults, over our young professionals, God is moving in this place. And I believe that this morning, we are gonna see more miracles. We are gonna see signs and wonders. We are gonna see faith arise and come alive in hearts as we lift up the Name of Jesus. For those that have been stagnant, maybe for you, been holding back, I believe God is calling us to a deeper worship, to deeper faith. God is calling us to bring a sacrifice. Maybe for you, it feels a little bit uncomfortable and you know, shake off a little bit of inhibition. Maybe for you, it's about lifting your hands, maybe kneeling, maybe praising, maybe opening your mouth, maybe singing to God. But things that maybe in your life have been despondent, you've been disappointed, you've been broken. God is saying this morning, you are gonna come alive in the Name of Jesus. Come alive in the Name of Jesus, that this is the house of miracles. With my whole being, with my whole being, I will praise the Lord. Psalm 95, we read it at the start, says, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to Him. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, because we are His people, the flock under His care. In a moment, we're just going to sing this song, House of Miracles. And it simply says these words, that we would come alive in the Name of Jesus. That we bring everything to the feet of Jesus and everything in the Name of Jesus. It says this is a house of worship. This is a place of praise where every demon trembles, where we proclaim Your Name. And I want us to sing this as an anthem over our church, but also over our own lives, that we would be, we would be a house of worship, that our lives, our lives would be a house, a heart, an indwelling of worship. So come on across this place. Why don't you lift your hands? Why don't you open your heart to God? I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing this anthem over our lives. God, this morning, we thank You. We thank You that You are causing a sound of worship to rise in our church. And Lord God, we just, we just speak right now. Lord, to those that are despondent, to those that are disappointed, to those that are broken, maybe those to, to those who are feeling inhibited, Lord, that this morning, that something would come alive in the Name of Jesus. Lord, we lay everything at Your feet. We bring everything in Your Name. And we declare over our church that this is a house of miracles. This is a place of praise. This is a house of worship and we worship You and we adore You and we give glory to Your Name this morning. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.